Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Movies That Matter. I'm your host, Chris Flaherty. Thank you for joining us. And uh, this is a special episode because it's one year anniversary since the podcast started. And uh, it's pretty awesome that my first guest is back for this anniversary episode. Woo! Welcome back, Liz. Thank you. Happy to be back. Liz Gillespie, ladies and gentlemen, BHS Class of 2021 alum. She is now starting her sophomore year at UC Davis with her biomedical engineering major. And she's just been an extraordinary student volunteer here at Burlington Cable Access for many, many years. Thank you. Thank you. I am very glad to be back. I'm glad to have started all of this, and I'm glad to be a recurring guest now. Uh, this I mean, this all kind of started that senior project That's true. in 2021. As, while I was reading through this list, like I, one of the things that we're going to talk about later, I was just like, oh, wait, yeah, that's like something relating back to my project. So like, yep. it was a nice... like like homecoming feel to like see that again and i'm just like oh yeah this all started because of that project yeah that was a fun project it was a fun project and uh look it up on youtube folks her uh, senior project documentary a cinematic masterpiece i almost just said it's called movies that matter <laughs> not quite I mean, don't, listen don't to movies Mandela that matter too <laughs> it's called movies look up movies that matter too or, i mean you're already here you're already here continue they're here just look, um, go through all of them <laughs> It's also funny because I think, not the last one, well, maybe the last one, La La Land has come up in conversation, like, mm-hmm. the last few episodes, so now we're finally going to talk about Perfect. it. Perfect. We gotta, we gotta address the elephant in the room. Yeah. The, 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 uh, the Oscar envelope-shaped elephant in the room. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the, the infamous, famous, that one, the love it. Yep. Just the, uh... The wonderful 2016 Best Picture nominee, <laughs> directed by Damien Chazelle and starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Um, I, we both wanted to talk about this, but yes. it's tradition that I asked the guest to do this. So Liz, in your own words, can you tell us what the film is about? La La Land is the story of Mia and Sebastian, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling, as they... St- go to seek out through their passions. Mia wants to become an actress. Sebastian wants to open a jazz club and both of them are working through their life in LA, their lives in LA as they attempt to discover what their passions are and they intertwine with each other and they start to have a budding romance and then they try to figure it out as they are romantic with each other as well. And it is interesting to see where they both go yeah. with both of it. I'm glad you brought up the, the word passion, because yes. that's something I want to talk about later. Oh, yes. Um, how did you first learn about La La Land? So, in 2016, when the movie came out, I remember, I believe it was shortly before the Oscars came out, my mom and I wanted to go just to the movie theater, because we weren't doing anything else. And I remember I'd seen the poster for the movie, mm-hmm. and I... In, in my opinion, the poster for this movie is so... It's so simple, but it's so artistic yeah. that it just couldn't help but grab my eye. The purple background, Mia's yellow dress, Sebastian in white and black, just, like, in the starry night, standing out so beautifully. Like, it's a very simple poster, mm-hmm. but it stands out a lot. It's gorgeous. Yeah. And I remember I'd seen the poster, and so I was, like, curious as to what the movie was. Mm-hmm. And so my mom asked me... Um, the Oscars are tonight. Do you want to go? They have a couple of the Oscar-nominated ones in. They had La La Land and Lion. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was so, like, 
intrigued by the poster for La La Land that I knew that that was the one that I wanted to go see. And I'm not knocking Lion at all. I think that's a great movie as well. Oh, but okay. It, but it wasn't one that I didn't... But it wasn't... I saw it later on. I didn't go mm-hmm. see it that day. But that day I was like, I want to go see La La Land because that was one that I knew I wanted to see in a theater. Mm-hmm. Like, I could go see Lion at home. I wanted to see La La Land in a theater because mm-hmm. I figured that that was more of where it was meant to be seen. Yeah. And so I went to go saw it with my mom and both of us loved it. I think it was... That might have been the day of the Oscars, actually. Oh, if really? If I remember correctly. Good timing. <laughs> day in very history. Good timing. A very good day in history. <sighs> I'm pretty sure it was that... It was either that day or the day before. Yeah. I think it was that, like, that weekend mm-hmm. that it was. I remember... I very I, I love to follow the Oscars and stuff, and I love, like, finding out, like, oh, what films might be, you know, considered. Yeah. And I remember, like, reading an article, and I was uh, flipping through it, and, like... I saw the picture of Ryan and Emma doing, like, you know, the yeah. pose that's on the poster. Yep. And it's like, oh, this is La La Land. It's about, like, you know, it, it's very like much like those old-time song and dance movie musicals, like, singing in the rain and stuff. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. that that's, I'm all for that. Yeah. So I went and saw it in the theaters with my ex-girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shh. I'm going to bleep that out. <laughs> um, I was instantly sold from the opening number. Yeah, I was too. Yeah, I was. I I knew I was invested in the rest of the movie based on how that started. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that I don't know if I've like I know I've like started to talk about with you before, but I don't know if I've ever like had like a full conversation about this before. Mm-hmm. Movies that don't matter. Into the Woods. You know that that is my least favorite movie ever. I do. I do. I've made that very clear to a lot of people. I don't like that movie. And kind of that's like one of the movies that i think of when i think of because i don't like movie musicals a lot of the time yeah i think that other than like disney animated ones Mm -hmm. they aren't done very well that's like something that i Mm -hmm. personally think of it's not one like i will express my opinion if people have other opinions on it it's not Mm -hmm. one that i will fight on but i think most times musicals that are made into movies or like movies that are just kind of trying to follow musical style i just don't think it's made very well yeah i think a lot of the times it just kind of feels shoehorned and awkward and it just Mm -hmm. kind of it doesn't fit the world very well is i think one of my biggest complaints for it yeah from the opening number in this movie i remember like seeing it happen and i was just like i'm still sold yeah like it's a movie musical but i was still like invested in mm-hmm. what was going on. Yeah. And it was, this is one of the only, like, movie musicals that I think is done, like, really well. Yeah. Which is one thing that draws me to it so well. Well, to your point, or to play devil's advocate uh, the, with Into the Woods, that, and I, I, I'm glad you said shoehorned. Mm-hmm. Because that was, that is a Broadway play yeah. that was turned into a movie. Exactly. Whereas La La Land was created specifically yes. to be a movie. Mm-hmm. So you can definitely see, like, yeah, sort of how Into the Woods kind of just got squished into yeah. the two-and-a-half-hour format. Mm-hmm. And one of the other things that I think is very interesting about La La Land is, like, like I was saying earlier with, like, the poster, how it just feels like a piece of art, where it's, like, mm-hmm. The movie itself feels like a piece of art that was created into a musical that was created into a movie. Like, I yep. feel like it's kind of everything combined. And I one of the things that, like, I know you have written down to talk about is, like, what's one of your favorite scenes? But mm-hmm. I'll say it now. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie that I think is, like, one of the most standout scenes in the entire movie is A Lovely Night. 
Yeah. That is easily like I know it's like the poster child of the movie. Yeah, the, but like the, the literally, literal poster literally, child. But like that scene in particular stands out to me a lot because I remember the first time I watched it when I watched it in the movie, I was like, why are they walking and talking the way that they are right now? Mm-hmm. Why because it felt sort of awkward. I've seen this movie several times now, and mm-hmm. watching it again, it was like, oh, they're treating this particular scene as if there's an audience in front of them. Because oh. I remember, like, yeah. she's, they're, like, walking to car, they're walking to their cars, and she's, like, trying to click it, and he's like, oh, it's over there. Mm-hmm. But never during that do you see a car. Right. So it's just like, why are they awkwardly, like, oh, my car's over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, my car's over there. Why are you clicking it? You can't hear anything. Because there's nothing to see. Right. Because where the cars are supposed to be, there's supposed to be an audience. And everything they do is linear. They're doing it on a stage mm-hmm. with, like, a beautiful background in front of them. Yeah. But I think the movie does a fantastic job of making it kind of... It feels very much like a movie, but there's also specific parts of it that feel like a musical. Your favorite part of the movie is it, it feels... Is, is it feels like a mu- <laughs> Which is so weird. Because, like, I feel like it does, like, it really well... Because it doesn't feel shoehorned in. No. It doesn't feel like the music is forced into it. It mm-hmm. feels like you genuinely come up upon, like, a musical number mm-hmm. that's supposed to be there. And even, like, the music itself. Like, I can talk about that for yeah. a long period of time. I'll come back to that. But, like, another thing about it is just, like, how well choreographed everything is yeah. in the space mm-hmm. that it has. And going back to the opening number, like, I remember watching that going, they are using the space here fantastically just going up and down the highway going up to different people mm-hmm. it's just it you feel like you built the world very well yeah. which is something that i think that really stands out about this movie something that i've i've heard for a long time with um with writing musicals is and i don't remember who said it but um and i'm not going to i'm going to say it i'm going to screw it up but it's when your characters can no longer express what they want to say with just words that's when they start to sing. Mm-hmm. And when they can no longer do it with song, that's when they start to dance. Yes. So that's sort of how, like, you can bring music sort of coherently yes. into a musical. And I th- it, that really does apply to this movie mm-hmm. in so many scenes. Like, yeah. most of the singing scenes, that really does apply to. Yeah. Because, like, um, that's how Lovely Night starts. That's mm-hmm. how her final audition starts. That's yeah. how, like... That's how the film starts. Yeah, exactly. That's how the film itself starts. They're, they're stuck in their cars, and, you know, I'm sure they're, ta- they're only, talking yeah. to themselves. There's only so many times you can honk your horn when you're all stuck there. Right. Before you don't go anywhere with yeah. it. And she's singing in the car. Yep. And then she's like, I'm, I'm going to get nope. out of my car. We're going to go and dance. And start dancing. And the other thing about that particular scene is it's just fun. It is so like, fun. It's just a fun one. I know you've done a lift up to that song. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's just, that's just a purely fun song. It's, it's infectious. A, it's such a fun way to start a movie. Because mm-hmm. it's just, I know it, like it's very like classical, it's very like yeah. musical Hollywood style. Mm-hmm. But, and I know that those aren't the same thing, but like, <laughs> yeah. But um, it just starts the film on such a high note. Like yeah. it just gives it such mm-hmm. an energy. And even like the way that that transitions into the two characters I think is really well done because it like yeah. both of them are on that highway. Both mm-hmm. of them are experiencing the same thing, yeah. and even though you don't see them in that first one, mm-hmm. it transitions into exactly what they're both doing and why they're there. Yeah, and it's like you you know that they're a part of that world that they're building. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I know I've kept saying world building, but I think that the, that that's one of the things that this movie does really well as well. 
Yeah, no, it's it's a love letter to Hollywood and Los Angeles, and I think it captures the the beauty of that area very well. Yes. Um, I'm gonna keep like backtracking the things you've said before. Yes. Because like, please do. I feel like um, I talk for a while, so you no, it's <laughs> fine. Like, backtrack on um, it. A lovely night, which is like the scene that has been used to advertise this film ever mm-hmm. since. The lighting in that scene blows my mind. It's so pretty. One of the things that I had in mind that I was going to talk about, and I will let you keep talking mm-hmm. after I okay. say this, but one of the things that I think draws me to this movie the most is its use of color. Yes. The color in this movie is so... Pr- like I think that the word that I'm going to use the most throughout this episode is just calling it pretty. It is a pretty movie. This movie is gorgeous. It's yeah. so pretty. And I was reading an article about, like, the use of color in the film last night, and I don't remember any of it. <laughs> but, like, you can see, like, how certain colors are used throughout the film. Like, yellow is obviously, like, mm-hmm. it's, it's her dress in the beginning, and then uh, purple is everywhere in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's use of reds and blues. It's. I really wish I remember what they were. <laughs> One of the scenes, again, this is another scene that I think I'm going to come back to you talking about, is... After he comes back from, or, like, visits her while he's, like, in the middle of his tour, mm-hmm. when they're, like, having dinner, yeah. it's, like, so green. Yeah. Like, it's a very green scene, but it also, like, manages to set the tone, like, really yeah. well for the scene. Like, it just kind of feels out of place with what the rest of the movie, like, has, but yeah. also, like, the bra- vibrantness, the vibrance of it mm-hmm. fits very well. That's the most green. I think it's the only time we see green like that exactly. in the movie. Yeah, uh, which is why I remember it so well. Yeah, I don't want to say it, I don't, I don't know if it symbolizes green with envy, because I don't know if they're envious of each other in that moment. Yeah, but envy isn't really the word, but I think it, like... I'm, I'm going to, like, tie in the matrix here, but it's, like, kind of, like, what the reality is. That's, yeah. like, one of the colors that they use to, like, talk about reality a lot. Mm-hmm. That's, and so, like, that's, like, a reality check scene. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, this is one thing that I was just going to save for later, but I'll talk about it now. Okay. I think that scene in particular is one of the most important scenes in this movie. Mm-hmm. Because I think it ties into, like, the themes and messages of the movie incredibly yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And most importantly. And that's, like, the scene where it's, like, it's not quite, like, not a breaking point, but it's really, like, like I said, it's the reality check. Where yeah. it's, like, Mia is still struggling to figure out what she's going to do. Like, she's trying her best, but it's not really... Mm-hmm. going where she wants it to and Sebastian is doing something that he thinks is making him happy but it's it not. really isn't it isn't no. what he wants and she says she calls him out on it she's mm-hmm. like this isn't what you wanted and he's like isn't this what you wanted me to do and she's like no mm-hmm. like this isn't like they're trying to like communicate with each other the reality of each other's situations in that sense mm-hmm. yeah she is staying true to the passion she is she's going about it a different way yeah i mean it's might not be a super successful way because she's renting out a theater on her own dime yeah to perform her own play there's very little chance she'll be successful with it yeah but she's happy to do it and she's enjoying it mm-hmm. and she's taking it very seriously because she's like i can't leave i have to rehearse and meanwhile he has kind of he's sold out yeah, yeah. exactly where it's i think one of the things that's very important about this movie is its um, messages about your self-worth, your mm-hmm. self-passion, and how other people connect to your passions itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because where it's... The entire movie is following these two people as, like, how they connect with each other as they go about 
solving each other's or their own passions, not each other. Well, I mean, in a way that they do sort of influence each other's passions, where it's Mia is looking to become an actress. She does write her own play because Sebastian influenced her to do it, mm-hmm. and in a way. Um, Sebastian goes and works with John Legend because she kind of gives him sort of the idea to. But this is sort of the point in the movie where they both realize that this isn't quite what they were, what either of them meant by follow your passions in that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and she tells him, I, I think he's like, he, at this point in the film, he has renounced the idea of opening up his own jazz club. Yeah. But she is still very like, why don't you just do it? Yeah. And he, he says, like, because you said no one would want to go to that. Mm-hmm. But um, she said people will go to it if you're passionate about it because people care about people that are passionate exactly. about I'm, I'm messing it up. I didn't write the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I did, but I did not. I wish I had um, Damien's talent for that. But yeah. But here we Young, are. Youngest, uh, youngest man to ever win Best Director. Go for him. Yeah. He deserves it. <laughs> I think I am his age now, so darn, <laughs> darn. <laughs> One of the things that I particularly like in relation to these two characters is seeing where they start, seeing how they influence each other, and then seeing where they end up because of how they influenced each other mm-hmm. at different points. Where I think it's very interesting when you see Mia at the start. She's just working at a coffee shop. She's just going to auditions, and it's very clear, very fast, that that's not getting her anywhere. Nope. She is not happy. Is not doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. It's what she thinks she wants, but it's not quite getting her where she's going mm-hmm. because she feels like she's just someone in the crowd. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, Sebastian is—he knows what he wants, and he's desperately clinging to it. Mm-hmm. But everyone around him at that point is saying this is a bad idea, Mm -hmm. this is not the right thing, this is not what you want, this isn't going to go, no matter how hard you're trying at this, Mm -hmm. it's not going to work. But then when the two of them meet each other, clearly they don't quite share each other's passion for what the other wants to do. Like, he kind of belittles her acting passion a little bit, and then, like, she's just like, I hate jazz. (laughs) So, like, clearly they aren't on the same page about what, the other wants, but as you as the movie progresses, you see the other being more influenced by the other's passion. Whereas mm-hmm. Mia starts to love jazz, and she starts to try to build him back into, as opposed to being the sellout, mm-hmm. to going back to the classic jazz roots that like she knows is gonna make him happy. Not and because the thing about this movie is that I think is really interesting is neither of them are chasing success. Mm-hmm. That's not the word that they're looking for. They are looking for happiness. Yeah. They and going back to the other thing, where he he gets the jazz club at the end. He gets what he wants. Right. And Mia starts out where she's trying her best, and he is like, he convinces her to write the play. She goes and does it, and he's trying to support her through it. And then at the very end, you see that she was able to make it to the final auditions because he was able to pick her up off her feet and get her there. Mm-hmm. So it's it's very interesting where it's like you see the two of them clash at the beginning because mm-hmm. they don't share each other's passions, but as you can as they show each other how much this passion means to each other, mm-hmm. they kind of melt. They kind of melt. Yeah. Where it's I want to see your passion succeed. Mm-hmm. It's not that I want. It's not that you're looking for success. It's you're looking for your passion to be successful. Yeah. He takes her to the jazz club. 
Mm-hmm. Um, he takes her to the movie. Yep. Which is more her passion than his passion, but he's very much like he's into, or he becomes instantly invested in helping her. Yes. He's like, you got to see this movie. It's like, I don't. I think it's part. It was sort of inspired by what she was auditioning for at the time. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Something like that. Yeah. Um, pardon me if I stumble over my words. Listen, I just filmed a lip tub. Yeah. We were rapping in that lip tub. Yeah. A little bit of a spoiler, but uh, we're, we're trying our best. We're trying our best here. <laughs> we're covering all the creative aspects tonight. Yes. We're getting we're getting everything back in before I go back to school. Exactly. So. <laughs> we got to get it all done. Yeah. Um, and I always say I'm a lot. <laughs> I'll get good at this eventually. I do it too. So yeah. I always found it interesting that like it's clear these two are meant to be in some ways and they mm-hmm. do love each other very much. Yeah. But their love evolves to a point where they can let each other go. Yes. To to pursue their passions mm-hmm. and be happy without them. Like it's a sacrificial love. Yes. And I thought it was a very powerful love on display in the on display on screen. Yes. I always did find it interesting though that she finds a husband and kids mm-hmm. and he just gets his club. I think it's very funny, but I also think that's very in character for both of them. And at least a little bit, especially for Seb. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's nearly as in character for Mia, but I think it still matters because throughout the like the beginning of the movie, you can see that she's chasing him more than he's chasing her. Where mm-hmm. it's like he instantly wants to help her, but like she's the one that's more like kind of talk to me talk to me she's the one that goes up to him at the party even though he has no interest in talking to her at first yeah and so like i think it does sort of she doesn't want to be that one person in the crowd where she wants to she wants to have somebody to share her passion with she wants somebody to be with her and so it makes sense in a way that she does move on almost Mm -hmm. because she wants to share it with somebody and even if that one person wasn't Sebastian Sebastian has his passion he mm-hmm. knew what he wanted from day one yeah. he has it now and if that means he doesn't have Mia then who else is he going to share it with I don't know not John Legend not John Legend no 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 one of the things about this movie is I feel like I've said that before everything that I've said so far <laughs> Another thing that I think is very interesting is the end of this movie is highly talked about, is very, mm-hmm. like, kind of controversial in a way. The first time I watched this movie, I hated it. I truly hated the ending, where it was, like, where you see what me and Sebastian's life could be together, yep. mm-hmm. and then to immediately flip it and be like, this is their nope. life without each other. Yeah. I was so mad. Yeah. I was like, why would they do that? I was gutted. I was like... I liked you, movie, but you kind of just hurt me there. It wasn't even sadness that I felt. I genuinely was like, why would you do this? Mm-hmm. I was, like, kind of angry. I was like, why Why would you end on this note? Mm-hmm. But I rem- But watching it again, I think, um, seeing, like, the two of them smile at each other at the end, where it's they've acknowledged each other. They've acknowledged that they've both made it. They yeah. both are successful. They're both still supportive of each other. Mm-hmm. And they haven't, like... It's not to a point where they've grown apart from each other entirely. Where it's like, even though you clearly they're not, like, in contact with each other. Yeah. They are still mentally connected to each other. And Mm -hmm. I think, in a way, it sort of adds a very good juxtaposition to it. I now really like the ending. Mm 
Yeah. I think it's really well done, and I'm glad they did it that way. Mm-hmm. Because you can see sort of the how... You see how they grow together, and yeah. then you see how they grow apart. Mm-hmm. And it works really well for how both of them work, because at the, its very core, while it is a love story, this is a movie just about discovering your passion. Yeah. That is what the movie at its core is. You can watch it and be like, oh, I love their relationship so much. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, c- clearly we're doing that right now. Yeah. They ha- mm-hmm. Ryan and Emma absolutely we have chemistry they absolutely have chemistry with each other. I'm big fans of. I'm a big fan of both of them. Mm-hmm. I think both of them are incredible, and I think the two of them really do work together very well. They and do. their characters really make it work throughout the movie. Yeah. So I think it's a very interesting turn to take to show that it is a love story, mm-hmm. but the love is for their passions. Yeah. It's for the love of jazz. Mm-hmm. It's for the love of acting. Mm-hmm. It's for what they love to do with their lives. Yeah. And not just because they love each other, even though they still clearly do in their own ways. Yeah. In a way, in order for them both to succeed, they needed each other in their lives. Yes. Just for that moment. I agree. Because I think we all want that person to, you know, just support our passions. Yeah. Or, like or I, just listen to our passions. Exactly. Like yeah. I said earlier, what I didn't touch upon at all, um, self-worth is like mm-hmm. a really big thing in this movie without being talked about a lot yeah. where it's like Seb lives at home with his parents and he's being degraded Is by he with them his parents? I think he was like with his mom or something like that wasn't it? That was it? his sister. That was his sister. He was living yeah. with somebody that he was related to mm-hmm. who wanted him out of the house who like wanted everything that he had out of the house who was degrading his passion. Yeah, the sister was kind of like why have you not packed? Yeah, exactly. Or no, why have you not unpacked? Yeah. I think it was kind of like oh cuz this is just temporary or whatever. Yeah. And she was just kind of like, no, like, settle down, call this girl, get a job. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It it was never what he wanted mm-hmm. to, to hear. It was, he was so hell-bent on what it was that he was looking for that it didn't matter to him what his family was saying, no matter how degrading they were. And he was just kind of going from restaurant, lounge, piano guy to... Samba tapas. Samba tapas. That's right. Um, uh singing at pool or playing the the guitar at at uh the pool party like he's trying so hard to grasp what it was that he loves but it's really not there and mia is like trying to do what she loves but it isn't being but neither of them are being validated in what Mm -hmm. they love and so finally they they find each other and at first while they're not validating each other they sort of grow into it Mm-hmm. Uh, like just sort of because they they've been thrown together in that one moment, mm-hmm. but you can tell that they automatically have this connection to each other and that they don't want to lose it. Right. And so because of it, that's when they start to share their passions. And clearly, each of them feels more confident in themselves. They start to feel as though they have more worth to themselves. Seb starts to take more action towards what he actually loves. Mia starts to starts to stray away from what she thinks she's supposed to do and starts to do it more for herself. She starts... Sorry. <laughs> she starts... Just moving the mic closer. <laughs> I realized I was sitting far back, but that was mostly because, like, I didn't want to, like, talk straight into the microphone because I feel like I talk loud a lot, so... Very good. Um, 
it's really is a story of self-worth and how other people validating what it is you love make you feel more confident in yourself and what your own worth is, especially because if you feel as though what you're passionate about makes you who you are, if you don't have that one person who's validating what it is you love, then why? Then it, it feels like it's for nothing at that point, mm-hmm. where it's like Mia's efforts feel futile, um, Seb feels totally alone because he can't find anybody who else loves jazz the way that he does. Mm-hmm. But they sort of, like I said earlier, the words melt. Like they just kind of like mm-hmm. melt each other's passions in that way, and they yeah. really work together on it, which mm-hmm. really grows each of their own self confidences towards yeah. the end, which m- makes them able to grow their dreams. Mm-hmm. Even though, and it's not that they didn't need each other at the end, yeah. where it's they. They don't actively need each other in their lives, but they couldn't have done it without each other. So they, right. even if they don't need each other right then and there at the end, mm-hmm. they will still forever grow up saying, I needed this person in my life. Yeah. Even though wow. you don't see that anymore. Mm-hmm. No, he drives, he finds her home. Yeah. He brings the, aud- he says, like, you're coming home tomorrow and you're auditioning. Yeah. And he listens. He's like, how did you find me? It's like, house by the library. Yeah. And exactly. You know, he kind of like gets her to, you know, gets her to get out of the slump and go for it again. Yeah. And you talk about self worth. Like, she says, like, so many times, like, maybe I'm not good enough mm-hmm. in that scene. And I mean, he, he just says, like, you're being a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and walks away. But sometimes you need that tough love. Tough love is a good thing sometimes. And I think it's very interesting how they again like how they love each other in that way where it's just like he's mostly giving her tough love where it's mostly like you need to do this you need to go do this stop being a baby and go go do it while she's just like are you sure that's what you want to do she's kind of kind of more like pushing him toward like towards the idea of what he wants because she knows that if she plants the seed she can do it he knows that he needs to actively be like Mm -hmm. go do it yeah and even at the end where she asks him like where are we right now? Mm-hmm. Excuse me. He says, you have to go to Paris, and you have to go do this movie. Yeah. Like, he loves her enough to let her go. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I love, you talk about self-worth. In the beginning, like, her first audition, when she's leaving, as she walks out, is just a sea of redheads and white shirts. Yep. All auditioning for that role. Exactly. And then you contrast the final audition scene. It's just her. Exactly. And then, like, it literally is just her because then turn the spotlight on and it's yep. it's just her for that song. I know I keep saying it because it's the song name, but she's no longer just someone in the crowd. No, she's not. I think that song in particular, it's a great song. Mm-hmm. I feel that way towards every song in this movie. But I think that song in particular is very, ties back to the idea of self-worth very much. Mm-hmm. Where it's, she doesn't want to go because she doesn't want to get lost. But then yeah. her friends convince her to to go with she she clearly needs the push from other people around her which mm-hmm. again ties into she needs the other person around her which is why she ends up getting married at the end yeah i think but at first she needs her roommates to go push her out and go do it and then she goes and does it and she ends up glad that she did it because yeah. she wouldn't have met said that way like she yeah, wouldn't have been able he to was the one in the crowd exactly at a different party but yeah, yeah. whereas she was in the wrong crowd mm-hmm. and then when she found the crowd that she wanted to be in she was no longer just someone there she was 
the most important person there, and he was the most important person yeah. there. She left the big fancy Hollywood party and found him at like a quiet little club. Yeah, playing Jingle Bells. <laughs> Love that for, scene for J.K. So Simmons. Much. Love that scene so much. So good. I just, I just don't understand why J.K. Simmons got so mad at him. I'm just like, just let him freestyle for a little bit. He just wants to. He just wants to play his jazz, man. This isn't Whiplash. Oh my God, I need to see Whiplash. I have only seen clips of it. I've never seen it through. But, like, again, it's another Damien movie. Yeah, exactly. I think we should both go watch it and then I, compare notes and just end up without I, telling each other we've seen it, making another movie cinematic matter on that one. Uh, I, I've i seen the parts where J.K. Simmons goes off on people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that's my only knowledge of that movie. <laughs> but I know I need to see it because it is a very good movie. I think that's the primary part to know about that movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I heard Miles Teller is great in that movie, though. I, you know... Miles Teller, he got some points for Top Gun Maverick in my book. Yeah, up, in, up until that, that though, I was just kind of eh. I was like, wait, J.K. Simmons slaps him around. I'm sold. Ooh, you got me there. Um, wow, what were we talking about? La uh, la la. La la la. Whoa, we're talking about someone in the crowd. How yeah. each each crowd, where you find your own crowd. Yeah. Find the crowd that's going to make you feel validated in what your passion is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, That's how you grow. You gr- you go with people that also want to grow. Exactly. Share your passions. Exactly. Um, and then, what was it? Oh, what did I want to talk about? Um, oh, I wanted to talk about Greg. Greg? The first boyfriend. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Um, I forgot his name was Greg. Yeah, I, yeah, because he's that forgettable. Exactly. I, As I was rewatching this last night, I sort of discovered that, like, there's an underlying theme of, like, celebrating old Hollywood and nostalgia and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I don't know how well you pay attention to Greg, like, dribbling on in that scene at the restaurant, but he's talking about how he got this new big screen TV. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, like, he's, like, he's he is literally disparaging the movie theater experience at the dinner table. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and I'm just like, wow, that is more relevant now than ever before. Oh my god! Because this now, ahead like, of time. yeah, because 2016 now, new. Now in 2020 or well, 2022, um, a lot of people just don't want to go to movie theaters anymore. Yeah, they want to rent the movie online and just watch it from the comfort of their home. Yeah. Pause it, take their phone out, have no problems with it. Yeah, I'm in to an extent. I'm 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 relatively guilty of that, but I think for me, it's more of a time thing. But mm-hmm. nothing in my brain will ever top going to a movie theater and seeing a movie there. Absolutely. You will never... Th- no matter what, it's like, no matter how comfortable you are, you can pop your own popcorn, you can have your own snacks, that's not gonna change the movie theater experience. Right. Nothing is going to, like... Um, I'm gonna reroute to um, Spider-Man No Way Home for a minute. That's a movie you need to that see That is theaters. a movie that if you didn't go watch in theaters, you have missed out. Yeah. That movie, the energy... When Andrew and Toby show up, spoiler alert, <laughs> when Andrew and Toby okay. show up, when it, the energy in the theater, when those two show up, is unmatched. Mm-hmm. That is such a m- moment where you hear everyone just go, oh, where it's, ah, where it's like you can tell that everyone's so excited, yep. and you feel the energy of it, and you can feel sort of right after May dies, just kind of, you can feel, like, the tension in the room with everyone else you're watching, and then to immediately have Andrew and Toby show up, and then just, like, everything else for the rest of the movie, even when, um, 
um, Norman Osborn shows up. I was like, Goblin, what is his face? And Doc Ock show up. Like, you can tell everybody has their own sense of nostalgia yeah. from all the villains in the movie, and then having um, all of the heroes show up. Like, every, every time this movie takes any turn, you can tell that everyone in the movie... Everyone in the theater, not in the movie, but, yeah, in the mm-hmm. movie, too. Yeah. But, like, everyone's on the edge of their seats. They're enjoying what yeah. they're watching. And I don't feel like that... Like, that particular movie, I'm glad it came out when it did, because that really, like, revamped movie theater experience. Yeah. Like, it took a lot of, like... Everyone online, like, but anyone before, like, this spoiler... I mean, everyone knew that Toby and Andrew were going to be in it, but... What do you mean? Andrew did such a good job saying no, he wasn't. In Andrew was a good liar. He was. He was doing his greatest. I, I love. This is why I want to talk about Amazing Spider-Man later. I want. We will. This is, that's that's a future episode. But I want to talk about Andrew Garfield and why I think he's the best Spider-Man. Vouch. I will second that. Um, no, there are just some movies that need to be seen exactly. in theaters, and I think La La Land is definitely one of them because yes. that the music and the energy, the dancing, to see that on a big screen, a hundred percent, it's remarkable. Um, but then, like, I love how it, it's a subtle moment as she is driving. Like, I think she's going to like check out the theater. Yeah, she passes yeah, as she's going to the theater that she's going to rent for her play. Mm-hmm. She drives by the movie theater, and you can see it shut down. Oh, yeah. That's and that's right. during the time when she's starting her play and he's sold out to John Legend. Yep. So I think that's like, ooh, symbolism. Like, yeah. old Hollywood is dying. Yep. They're, both of them at that point, you see their passions dying at that point. Yeah. Movie theater shutting down and him being a sellout. Because he wants old jazz. That's his thing. Yep. He wants old jazz. He doesn't want the new jazz. And the only reason that he's involving himself in the new jazz is basically just to make money. Exactly. Like, it's the only opportunity that he even sees. And even though he's actively aware that it's not what he wants, he does it because he thinks it's his only option. Mm-hmm. He thinks it's the only way to go. And he needs that reality check of just, hey, this isn't what you wanted. Mm-hmm. And again, like I said, that, that that particular scene, I think, is one of the most important scenes because I feel like just a lot of people need to see that. Mm-hmm. Where it's everybody needs a kind of that moment where it's just like, you're doing this. But is it really what you want to be doing? Mm-hmm. Like you, you, this is—is is this what your original passion was? Is this a compromise, or is this truly what you're looking for? Because compromise works to an extent. Compromise is not sacrifice. There are two different things. Sacrifice is giving—is giving up something because you know that it will give a greater good. Compromise is knowing that multiple sides will benefit. He is sacrificing his dream right now. Yeah. For nothing. For money. Ex- really? Then that's it. Yeah. But it doesn't make him happy. No. That's, he's paying bills. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. He can do that in other ways. Mm-hmm. It's about. It's all about doing what you love. Exactly. Yeah, and that, to quote the title of a book that I never read that was <laughs> gifted to me when I graduated <laughs> college, do what you love, the money will follow. There you go. I uh, I didn't read it. <laughs> I should have. <laughs> I hope whoever gave it to you is not listening to this. Sorry, Mom. <laughs> um, but I still have it. Perfect. There and you go. I could still read it. Hey, not saying, you know. Never too late. Not saying I'm going to, you know, quit my job and move out west. <laughs> but every time I watch this movie. <laughs> it's, it's thought. It's there. It, it gets it's me implanted. going. Because once upon a time, I dreamed of. Hollywood. 
<laughs> anyway. Hey. We've got a uh, new queen that's over 70. Or, so. You mean a new king? New king. Yeah. I don't know. What was Camilla's job again? I don't follow the Camilla. royal Camilla. I don't follow the royal family very Elizabeth. much. Elizabeth. No, Elizabeth died. Camilla is like somebody who's like stepping in her place. No, that's Charles. No, Ch- okay. This King is, Charles. We'll have this debate Who's after. Who's Camilla? Camilla's like his wife or something like that. Charles's wife? I, don't, I guess. We can have this discussion when we're not talking about La La Land. Clearly neither of us know what we're talking about. How did we get here? That's a great question. Oh, yeah. Following your passions talking at a certain age in your life. Chris packing up his bags and moving out west <laughs> to be in movies. Passion. Um, you just got to do what you love. Yes. And don't worry about the money. Just... Mm-hmm. Find your passion, and other people that are passionate about the same thing, or people that appreciate your passion, exactly, will flock to you. If you build it, they will come. Exactly. To I'm going to feel the dreams. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to stray away from the themes of the movie mm-hmm. for a minute because I want to talk about um, the visuals of the movie a okay. lot. So one of the things that um, I want to talk about in particular is I remember. I think it was. It was a YouTube video, and it was talking about, it was, oh, what is it called? Honest Trailers. That's what it was. <laughs> it was an Honest Trailers video. I love the Honest Trailers. I love Honest Trailers, very much. I've not watched them in a very long time, mm-hmm. but I was trying to, as you can tell, I was going through the memory banks trying to come up with the name for mm-hmm. a second. They had one that was about all of the Oscar nominees in 2016. Yeah. And one of the things was that they talked about in that video was how this was on, was it 14 that this was nominated for? Uh... Uh, the number of awards it was nominated for? Yes. Yeah, I believe it was 14. It's 14. And how they were criticizing that this movie did not deserve to be nominated for all 14, one of them being best costumes. Mm-hmm. So They're just wearing clothes. Exactly. That's exactly, That's exactly what he what, said. I remember that one. That's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. I want to refute that point okay, for a go second. For it. Because of something I said earlier, colors. Mm-hmm. In And I'm going to particularly talk about Lovely Night again. Okay. And I'm going to relate this back to, I was in L.A. recently, mm-hmm. and one of the things I did in L.A. was I went to the Academy of Motion Pictures Museum. Mm-hmm. And that is... In Jealous. A, is, <laughs> it's an incredible museum. It is beautiful. One of the things in that museum is a room dedicated to costumes. Mm-hmm. That is one of the things that they had. Um, and the, a lot of the costumes they had in that room were very elaborate. Um, have you ever seen Midsummer? No. Another but Florence I've been, movie? I've been told I need to see it. They had the the gown of flowers that she wears in that movie right in the middle really? of that room. Right in the middle of that room. Wow. The, she, the, they had it, and they were talking about, like, how heavy it was and how, like, elaborate it was and, mm-hmm. like, what it took to make it. Um, they had, like, um, I think, like, a Chinese samurai, like, a, not, I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what movie it was, but I think they had, like, a samurai outfit there. Mm-hmm. They had a lot, they had um, the guy from Big Lebowski. The dude. The dude abides. Yep. yep. They had... He had his bathrobe? Yeah, they had his bathrobe there. <laughs> they had a bathrobe there. And so a lot of it was, like, these super elaborate outfits. That was, like, the number one thing in the room. And then in the corner, I just see a yellow dress. Oh. And while it was easily the most subtle thing in the room, mm-hmm. I knew exactly what it was. I knew, and the thing about it was, like I said, the the gown of flowers is right in the middle of the room. Like, that is the standout piece. Mm-hmm. My eye drew to the least elaborate thing in the room, mm-hmm. a yellow sundress. Yeah. Because even though it is so simple, so subtle, mm-hmm. it stands out. Mm-hmm. It's eye-catching. And in a room full of these elaborate, like, 
over-the-top costumes that they had. That one you see and you're just like, why is that here? Why does that matter? But at the same time, anyone who had any connection to La La Land knows exactly what it is, where it came from, when it is, what happened in that dress. Yeah. It's it's so, it stands out a lot. And it's just a yellow dress. Yeah. At the the end of the day, it's just a yellow dress. It's a sundress. It has like a little pattern on it. It's adorable. I would buy that dress. I think it's adorable. That's the dress she wore in the most iconic scene in the movie. But that scene is so artistic and so stand out. That even just a yellow dress holds so much meaning to the rest of the movie and to the meaning of the entire movie. Yeah. To everything else that goes on. Mm -hmm. Whereas just even seeing that, I was just like, there it is. There it is. (laughs) I have the Funko Pops of me and Sebastian. And, yeah, yellow dress. Yeah, exactly. And they're they're doing the, I'm I'm doing the dance move. Amazing. I love that. Yeah. They're buried in the attic somewhere. (laughs) The other th- in, in that particular scene, in A Lovely Night, she has that dress. He has black and white on. Mm-hmm. And then you have the purple backdrop. Yep. Both of what he's wearing is contrasting each other. Mm-hmm. She's contrasting the background. Mm-hmm. Everything, they stand out in their own ways. Where it's, and they aren't matching each other either. The nothing, she's bright yellow, he's in black and white. Mm-hmm. They aren't, there's nothing about what is going on that's meshing with each other. But somehow everything comes together. Where it is, if they were wearing anything different, if they say that they had, if say she was wearing red, that wouldn't match the background. Mm-hmm. And I don't think if they changed the purple of the background that the scene would have been nearly as pretty. Mm-hmm. His black and white stands out among her yellow, and it stands out beautifully among her pur- among the purple in the background. I'm talking color theory right now. I didn't I think I was going to be doing that, but you're every- making my brain. <laughs> but just everything connects very well where it's like you look at it and just go he's in a suit she's in a dress this isn't this isn't hard but at the same time the way and also specifically those shades of purple and yellow yeah they are vibrant they stand out seem real exactly it drives me nuts because i look up like how did it look how did they get the lighting in la la land and like it's just like oh well we just waited for these specific moments at the time where it looked most beautiful and i was like no you did post didn't you it's, yeah, exactly. I'm like there's some you you did some color grading. Like I said it's earlier, too beautiful. Like I said earlier, it feels like a painting that's mm-hmm. in a musical that's in a movie. Wow. There's layers of art to this movie that I think add so much to it. Mm-hmm. And another um, another scene of costumes and color that I think is beautiful is when they when me and her roommates are leaving to right at the beginning of someone in the crowd. Yep. Where it's all three of the, where it's like they're all wearing matching dresses, mm-hmm. pretty much. One's in red, one's in yellow, one's in green, one's in blue. Mm-hmm. They're all very different, but all of them are tonal with each other. Like, it's perfect. Yeah. They all match. And then the choreography of, like, one of my favorite shots in the entire movie, in right uh, like as that song is starting, is an overhead shot of the four of them spinning. It is... Oh, yeah. It looks like umbrellas, like, almost. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's like you have all four of them spinning. They're in the street. Like, it's again, it's a very simple thing. It's just four women in a dress mm-hmm. spinning. But it is gorgeous. And it matches with the night as well. Yeah. Like, just, again, the color theory of this movie. Whoever color graded this movie is so good. I, I'm, like, it's writing so a, pretty. I'm, like, writing a thesis paper in my head right now. With all, oh, my God. I all could, the information you're throwing at me. I could write a thesis paper on the color grading of this movie. I love it so much. Because now I'm thinking, like, okay, so they did the four primary colors, you know. Yep. Wait. 
Is that right? Three primary colors and then green because it matched. Yeah. But then they also had, like, somewhat of a purple background as well. Like, a little bit. Yeah. Like, not a ton, but, Mm -hmm. like, you still had the aura of purple around. Then I'm thinking, like, they divide the movie in fall, summer, spring. Yep. So I'm thinking, okay, how does that apply? Yep. And now I'm going to go back and watch the movie and, like, pay attention to the lighting. Oh, yeah. Everything. I think it's... And, um... Like, right at the beginning, when they have, like, all the different cars on the street, and then you Mm -hmm. just, like, again... Everyone is just wearing clothing, mm-hmm. but somehow it all connects very well and contrasts enough that you have different things to look at every time. Yeah. And I think most of them are wearing yellow, blue. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know if it had to do with how they filmed it. I know they filmed it in, like, old school film. Like, they didn't do yeah. it digitally. And I think that's also how, like, some of the colors popped in the movie. Yes. And it really adds to it yeah. a lot. Also, And uh, this is kind of similar, but not along the lines of one thing that I think this movie does very well, and I think it kind of adds to sort of, like, the musicalness of it, sort of, is one thing that I don't like when movies do very much is kind of just add, like, a weird out-of-character, like, out-of-world sort of... Have you ever seen the movie Booksmart? No. Okay, you're not missing much, but... Oh, okay. I do. All right. I don't really like it that much, but... That's okay. I don't have, like... But one of the things in the movie is um, essentially... Do you know what the movie's about, at very least? Uh, <laughs> okay. Sorry. Quick explanation. It's these two girls that are graduating high school. They're both yeah. going to, like, really, like, Ivy League schools, and they didn't spend much time tar- partying at all while they were in school. And then they find out that other people in their school are also going to these really good colleges that mm. also spent their time partying, so they feel like what they did was for nothing. So they are going to go try and, like, spend one of their last nights before they leave partying. I remember this now. It's, like, super bad, but... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's one scene in the movie that I genuinely can't stand because it doesn't feel like it fits the movie at all. To okay. a point where it's... it's bo- I don't remember how it got... How it started. But at one point in the movie, both characters just... Th- are Barbie dolls. Like, actual Barbie dolls. Like, sh- And the movie is filmed in, like, stop-motion Barbie dolls. Like, this is in Booksmart. Yes, this is okay. in Booksmart. This is not in La La Land. You did not, you did not sleep through that part. This is in Booksmart. I would never sleep through La La Land. No. They, this just happens, and it just feels so out of world. It feels so uncomfortable. This is, like, the, the number one, like, example I can think of. Mm-hmm. This is the first something where it's just kind of, like, something is in a different style that doesn't feel realistic, I th- I want to say they were drugged, and that's why they think this. But like, w- this is like the first. This is kind of a weird example to come up with. But um, it just—it's something that doesn't feel. It's not realistic. So it's like, why did you include it in the movie? Okay. And this is going to be. There's just sh- so much buildup. I I have no this idea is, what scene you're about to talk. about. This is going to be the strangest left turn that I'm going to make. Okay. The planetarium scene when they are dancing. What? When they are dancing, and then they are just all of a sudden in the sky. What? When they're dancing and they're all of a sudden in the sky. I think that scene, the first time I watched it, was like, why? Why are they doing this? Why did they? Why are they just in the sky right now? Why? Why? This doesn't make sense. This isn't a part of the world. How did they get there? There's nothing. There's nothing ab- about this that makes sense. Uh, but. And but so Liz. <laughs> it's like I okay. I know it was kind of a weird example, but like. No, I. Where it's, I don't like when movies sort of just take 
a left turn on something that doesn't feel like it fits, mm-hmm. where it doesn't feel like it's no longer a part of the world, where it just you kind of are like, all right, you're going, you're going, things make sense, make sense, and then all of a sudden there's a different style and just, there's no explanation for what it is. Okay. I don't like when movies do that. All right. But for some reason, I adore the planetarium scene when they are f- dancing in the sky. Okay, just out like, of nowhere. Okay, you like it. All right. Yes. Um, I adore I, that scene. I feel what you. I feel what you're saying. I, I know do. that was kind. Of, like I said, I knew that was kind of a weird tangent to go off on. Mm-hmm. But I felt then like I needed to like give an example of what I was talking about because I didn't feel like mm-hmm. if I just said I don't like when movies take a different style and then do something that it wouldn't have made as much sense. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's. Emo- I feel like. Because it comes right after they're watching Rebel Without a Cause, right? Yeah. So they're, like, immersed in movie-making yeah. land. So it's kind of like that, where their movie night has ended because the projector ripped up. Yeah. Um, so they kind of finish the movie themselves? Yeah, they're in just a like, weird way? like, yeah, we're just going to go, we're going to go to the planetarium. There's, I mean, I... I've never seen Rebel Without a Cause. Sorry. Um, I don't think there's a dancing scene in it. (laughs) Exactly. Where it's like, again, it just kind of feels out of place because it doesn't, because nothing else like that happens in the movie. Right. But then it works. It -hmm. works really well. And again, I think the reason why that works very well is because of the musical aspect of it. Mm -hmm. The musical aspect of this movie. brings out so many things that wouldn't make sense otherwise Mm -hmm. but it just like you said earlier it's like if you can't use words use song if you can't use Mm -hmm. song use dance that scene builds up so much of their relationship without saying a single word yep Mm -hmm. and it's again it's so pretty it is very pretty i uh i I keep thinking the dancing scene in wally for some reason (laughs) maybe because planetarium and space and stuff but yeah it's just sort of like them getting lost in each other. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, the passion of the movies and the dancing and the singing and stuff. Especially when it just all of a cu- all of a sudden becomes their silhouettes. Yes, yeah. they're gone. They are they're among the stars. They uh, are yeah, in uh, love among the stars. <laughs> they're among the stars. They are mm-hmm. happy. They are dancing. They are in that case. Mm-hmm. They're one. They're in a different crowd. They're in the stars. Yep. Um, probably getting arrested for trespassing. At the planetarium yes. after hours, but it that's, all works that's, out. That's the uh, that's epilogue too. <laughs> <laughs> Just another instrumental wrapping it up as they're getting arrested. Yeah, love it. I I told you this uh, before we started recording. I was watching it with with Ashley, my girlfriend, last night, and the audio cut out right after that part. <laughs> so it's just like, well, that's it. Happy that's- happy ending call it a day there what's that they're trying to act and play music no they're fine no 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 no. they're happy together it it felt very strategic yeah on tnt's part to cut music right there that particular person that was in charge of playing that movie was like you know what that's that no more that's that's it none of this john legend stuff no no we're happy here um one thing that i am surprised that we haven't talked about as much is i know we've talked about the musicalness of it Mm -hmm. i don't think we've talked enough about the music itself Okay. I, like, okay, a couple things. I'll say it first. Um, I love the jazz in this movie. Yeah. Like, the jazz, the way that they incorporated jazz into this movie is mm-hmm. so good. Um, I think a lot of the background music 
that they use for this movie mm-hmm. is some of my favorite background music for any movie ever. Yeah. Really. I love the theme. I the, love the theme. Know, mm-hmm. I it's, Me and Sebastian's theme is one of my favorite just movie mm-hmm. songs. Yeah. Really. To a point where it's like, and it's kind of interesting, whenever I need to like really crack down on like homework or something like that, or like need to like, or I can't just listen to like any music that I want to, or like I know I need to listen to study music, I listen to this album. Mm-hmm. I listen to like the instrumental from this movie. Mm-hmm. I have like a few songs that I like really like because I like how they all transition into each other, so I have like a little bit of like a minor playlist, but I have to listen to it in order. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, I've blocked out like... Where, like, it's not... I don't have any, like, the lyrics, lyrical songs in that playlist. It's just, like, the background music. Mm-hmm. But I have it, like, on a loop. And oh, that's it's, cool. It's very, like... It does a good enough job, because it's, like, it's not, like... It's like jazz, where it's, like, you listen to that when, like, you study jazz. You listen to that when you're, like, studying stuff. Mm-hmm. Or, like, you need to, like, pay attention to something. But at the same time, I feel like I'm, like, actually listening to something with, like, a story. Like, a regular song, like, yeah. with lyrics at mm-hmm. the same time. Because I have enough visual from what I already know about the movie. Mm-hmm. So that it gives me that, like... And also, like, again, it's about passion. It just kind of makes me, like, more interested in what I'm doing. Because I'm yeah. just like, all right, mm-hmm. perfect, in that case. Um, I went through a big La La Land soundtrack phase. Oh, my God, as, I did, uh, too. As Tad can attest to, because he sat next to me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, lucky man. Um but yeah, that the soundtrack bled uh, into my work here, like uh, d- that uh, the lipped up that yep. opened that annual meeting one year. Yeah. And then uh, I used it in a one a- year in review montage. Yep. And then after that, I was like, well, I can't use it anymore. So. <laughs> I'm kind of sad playing. that I wasn't in that lipped up. I mean, I was. <laughs> you probably might not have been in any other lipped ups if you, that was your first one. <laughs> um, not saying I would like turn to do it harsh director but i did ask a lot of my cast that day uh, so yep. Cle- clearly i haven't haven't uh hung up my hat on on lip dubs as we have some as you have not we have no. some future a- ahead of us yep um many more <laughs> but as much as i love the instrumental to all of this i think that even like the lyrical parts of this i think it's not as much as i like the songs that are lyrical I don't think they're as good as the instrumental, but mm-hmm. I think that what they do really well, as like I said earlier, is they're not shoehorned into the movie. The actual parts with lyrics are very well incorporated. Yeah. Another day in su- um, another day of sun. Mm-hmm. I was like another day in the sun. That sounds wrong. Another day of sun. Like we said earlier, fantastic opener. Mm-hmm. Really like brings out like the world you're in. Really brings out like the love of Hollywood. Mm-hmm. It really r- sets the scene beautifully. Like yeah. the again beautifully lit. Like it's a mm-hmm. gorgeous day. It's another day of sun. Yeah, it's it's wonderful. Someone in the crowd like really like hits you with emotions. Like mm-hmm. like that's the next one. Like yeah. you're immediately like super excited. You're like yeah, I want to go go be in Hollywood. And then you're just like oh. Okay, we've got a little bit... There's the tension a little bit. We see some, some issues here. Mm-hmm. Um, City of Stars? That's a that's just iconic. Yeah. Like, that's just wonderful. Mm-hmm. That is like City that of Stars. Like that piano. I love the piano in City mm-hmm. of Stars so much. Yeah. I, love the pi- I love the use of piano throughout this movie. Mm-hmm. I Very particularly... One of my favorite mo- facts about this movie is I think Ryan Gosling actually learned how to play the piano for this movie. He, he brought his A-game. I, he put his he put some heart and soul into this one. He should have uh, got the Oscar. <laughs> put some he put some jazz soul into this one. I think. I mean, yeah, he should have got the Oscar. Yeah, 
Casey he, Affleck, you you did a good job in Manchester by the Sea, but uh, he learned how to play the piano. He learned how to play the piano for this movie, and he did a great job of it. Yeah. I don't think the movie would have been as wonderful without like him doing it. And to take two actors who are not primarily singers or dancers yeah, and to turn in this movie like that with them. That's another thing that I really like about this movie. I remember watching a YouTube video by somebody very shortly after this movie came out talking about how they feel like real people. Where mm-hmm. it's like, because they're not... Like, a lot of the people in this movie aren't, like... Other than John Legend, like, nobody is a phenomenal singer, really. Right. Like, everyone feels like somebody who wants it. Mm-hmm. And they all feel like somebody who's coming to chase a dream as opposed to somebody who's already got the talent, already part of it. Mm-hmm. They're not seasoned professionals. It's people who are looking to achieve something. Yeah. And that, I remember watching the video going, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, that really is it. That adds to the character, too. Exactly. they're just starting out, and they're trying to make it big in this... In this la-la land. Yeah. Like, even Mia's roommates. Like, you don't really hear from them ever. You don't really see anything no. much from them post someone in the crowd. But you also mm-hmm. kind of... It gives them story, in a way. Yeah. Spe- they also just have their own personalities. Even their own, like, little, like... Like, two lines each that they have in that song. Like, they have personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All because, like, you can tell that they're looking for something. Mm-hmm. You know that they're also chasing a similar dream to Mia. They're yeah. in the same boat as her. Mm-hmm. They're just they're going the about crowd. it differently. They're in the same crowd. They're, they're the looking same. in the wrong crowd. Mm-hmm. It's it's very much that, mm-hmm. and that's that. Someone in the crowd is such a good message for this movie. I, I didn't even realize how much I was going to talk about that. Like, I before. didn't realize how important that song was until the movie in the movie until we talked about yeah. it. Yeah, that's what I realized about these. What's one of the things that I like the most about this podcast is I realize a lot of the things that I like about particular movies as I'm just rambling about them. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll just bring one thing up and I'll be like, it relates to that other thing I said! Exactly. Yes! Because uh, I was always focused on Another Day of Sun every time I rewatch the movie because I listen to the words and I'm like, it's sort of foreshadowing what's going to happen to them. Yep. But then you have someone in the crowd and it's like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whereas they both, they, I think those two songs back-to-back are absolutely a wonderful juxtaposition for it. Mm-hmm. Where it's, you start off as, like, it really is, like, the everybody's trying to get there. Everyone sees the best in it. Mm-hmm. They're really excited about it. They they came a long way from home, and now they're here. They're they're in the sun. They think mm-hmm. that they're in the right place. They're happy. Mm-hmm. But then, hey, guess what? You're not the only one that was there. Yeah. You're now in a crowd. There's lots of people in those cars. <laughs> that was a big highway. Yeah. It's a big gridlock. Exactly. You're not going anywhere anytime yep. soon. Um. Oh, wait, hold on. Hold on. We're talking about someone in the crowd, and I, I've had John Legend's song in the back of my head yep. as we've talked about music and stuff, and then I'm just remembering that visual of Mia in the crowd yes. watching the concert. Yep. And then she almost sort of gets lost yep. in the crowd. She starts to get lost, but also in that particular scene, like I think it's great watching her reaction to everything. Yeah. Where it's, you can see, like, at first, she's, like, really digging it. Like, she's mm-hmm. excited for him. And then as the performance goes on, as she slowly gets lost, you can see that she's just, like... This isn't him. Hold on. Something's wrong here. Like, yeah. this is incorrect. But you can see, as the scene goes on, that she's in the minority of thinking that. Because everyone gets more and more hyped about what they're watching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it's it's a faceless crowd that's just you know there for the vibes and stuff. She's there to listen to him, and that really is um, a juxtaposition for. I love you. I love the word juxtaposition so much. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we've said juxtaposition crowd. I'm gonna use dichotomy now because I want slow slow your roll there. <laughs> Should have gone into communications. Um, I'm gonna throw a dichotomy now. I think it's a great dichotomy from when he first brings her to the other jazz club. Where mm-hmm. she, where it's less of a crowd, and the camera is focused on her a lot, and it's mm-hmm. just her standing up. She's dancing. She's having a fantastic time mm-hmm. listening to what he thinks jazz should be. Yep. Whereas you see her experiencing his passion, and she's having a fantastic time mm-hmm. doing it. And then once you see that it's no long, when you see that he's no longer experiencing what his passion is, mm-hmm. that's the minority. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And, and finally, the last song that I can't go without talking about is her audition song. Uh, makes me cry. I can't ignore that song. I've listened to that song on repeat a lot because that song really is like a good hammer home for that scene. Like, I remember watching that scene going, I don't like this song very much. But, like, even though I don't love how it sounds nearly as much, the words to that song are so powerful. Yeah. That is a powerful scene. It's a powerful song. I remember crying in the theater the first time I heard it. Yeah. Here's to the ones who dream. The, the To the fools who dream. <laughs> yeah. The Foolish mess, as they may seem. Yeah, the mess we make, you know, bring on the the rebels, the ripples from pebbles. The it's, painters and poets and plays. Yeah. I know the words to this song so well. Why don't we just sing so it right well. now? <laughs> we're going we're gonna to break out the song. This is our musical moment. It was good because we're not professional singers. <laughs> This is our dream. Uh, but yeah, it's it's all about the movie's... Wow. It really brings together everything the movie has been trying to portray mm-hmm. the entire time. Where you see where she started, you see where she is now. Mm-hmm. She felt like a fool before, but she's a fool who dreams. Yeah. And yeah, it, it is silly, you know, in a way to get in front of a camera and make... Pret- <laughs> we know this as we, what we filmed earlier. <laughs> It is, in its base form, silly to get in front of a camera and pretend to be someone that you're not and put on a silly costume and pretend to be a character or, you know, get on a stage and dance and sing. But the song is all about, like, hey, these people that just shed their their insecurities and give it all mm-hmm. to their passion and stuff on stage, like, kudos to them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or it's... Art would be dead without the fools who dream. Yeah. The painters, the poets, and plays. We need them all. Because clearly, like, like I know I've said it multiple times, this is a piece of art within a musical, within a movie. If you didn't have all three of those aspects, this movie wouldn't be as beautiful as it is. Mm-hmm. And you can't have art without artists. You can't have musicals without musicians. And you can't have movies without people that are passionate about movies filmmakers actors all of the above you can't have any of that without the fools who dream a bit of madness is key how did i forget that line come on to give us new colors to see oh my god it's all tying together this movie's so good we're all a little bit mad here (laughs) that's alice in wonderland i think but we're still that is that is alice in wonderland Malice in Wonderland? Nope. There's Malice in Wonderland? (laughs) That's just the Tim Burton version. Uh, (laughs) Disney live-action remakes don't matter. Those don't matter. Uh, What are we talking about? (laughs) 
Oh yeah, La La Land. La La Land. Um, I'm looking at the sheet, and it's like we don't need the sheet. We Clearly, we have enough to say about. We the haven't movie. looked at the sheet once. I looked at the sheet, and that's why I keep going. Okay, I was going to talk about this later, but like mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about it now. Or it's like mm-hmm. I like that we have the sheet, so that like if we were to like lose track of what we're talking about, we could talk about it. But it's yeah. just easier to just. Con- yeah. Conversate is not a word. No, it's easier it, to have a conversation. About I think it. conversate's a word. Is it? I love it might be. I'm going to use conversate then. Um, it's easier yeah. to converse about this. There we go. <laughs> it's just it, it's a movie I think that resonates a lot um, f- for you and I think for yeah. me too because you know I've I've been in that position where I like I feel like stupid like and I felt stupid to pursue this this mm-hmm. path. To work in film and video, yeah. like I remember, like when I was your, I'm getting real for a second. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was your age and I was doing BCAT in high school. Like everyone's like, "Oh, look at the goofy kid on BCAT doing his thing." And yeah. It's like now, it's like this is who I am. And this is what I want to do. Exactly. This is what I'm passionate about. I I think even though this isn't exactly what I'm choosing for my path to be. The thing about this movie that resonates the most to me is the fact that, think about it this way, both of them are experiencing very different passions, but they're both looking to do it, and they're both real people that are looking to do it. So it doesn't matter what exactly it is for your passion to be. If you are surrounded by the right people, and you are interested in the right thing, and you're going in the right direction to do it, mm-hmm. you have the ability to do it no matter what your setbacks are, no matter what the other people around you are trying to say, mm-hmm. you have the ability to, as long as you understand what it is you're passionate about, no matter, like, you you can go for it. You can do it. Mm-hmm. You it, it won't be easy. No. But if you have somebody there to validate what it is that you like, if you have somebody there to express your passions with you as long as you know that you're not alone on your journey to go do whatever it is that you are looking to do that you are passionate about Mm -hmm. underline passionate about yeah you can find success Mm -hmm. in your passion you need the right crowd exactly and you know i went to i went to college and i went to study film and video and i found a whole bunch of wackos like me exactly and, you know, we were all into it. You know, we helped film each other's stuff. We helped write each other's stuff. We helped yeah. act in each other's stuff. I, <laughs> there was this one thing where um, it was like a final for one class where I had to do silent narratives. Yeah. And I, this semester, I ended up acting in three of my friends' silent narratives. Mm-hmm. What I didn't realize is they were all in the same class. Oh. <laughs> so this professor is watching these silent narratives, and he's just like, all right, who is this kid? <laughs> Anyone else use them? <laughs> all right, raise your hand. If you have this guy, raise your hand. And then, like, I, I met him. Like, I didn't, never had him for a, te- for a professor. And then he's like, I know you. I've seen your work. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Networking early, you see. That's always a, ooh, not on silent. Um <laughs> That's always been, like, my thing. It was like, oh, I've seen your work, and I get nervous, because what does that mean yeah, for like, me? Yeah, it's like, which work? Yeah, which work? <laughs> which one? The The other thing about it is, well, while it's not exactly what I'm looking to do as I'm going into an engineering field, we've been talking for over an hour That's about fine. one movie. That's okay. Clearly, I do have a passion for film. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not that 
I'm not chasing that dream. I'm chasing it in different ways. Yeah. Where it's like, I mostly like to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And, like, as cool as it would be to go into making stuff, I especially just like having the ability to talk about it. Because mm-hmm. clearly, I like to analyze movies. I like to find the aspects of the movies that I like and then I could talk about them for a while. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even being here, like, mm-hmm. meeting you and, like, having somebody else that I could talk to about... Like, who else is going to listen to me talk about La La Land for over an hour now? Other than viewers of this. Who else is going to actively want to talk about this with me for an hour? Me. <laughs> exactly. Whereas, like, you find... I found the right crowd. Mm-hmm. And that was here. Yeah. And I wouldn't have been able to do that otherwise. Mm-hmm. If I hadn't pursued this passion. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. You just, again, you leave me speechless. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Who's going to talk with me for an hour and a half about La La Land? Exactly. Or an hour and a half about Christmas movies. We found what we like. We found our crowd. Yeah. And we found the right place to do it. Yeah, we found our right people. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like... And sometimes it doesn't have to be a massive crowd. No. It just has to be the right one. Yeah. And as long as you find the right people within that crowd, Mm -hmm. you can pursue your passion that way. And that's why I like doing these things is I get to do it with the people, you know, that are also, like, into it and passionate about it. And, yes. they're, you know, they're my people. And, like, and I care about them. And, like, they're the reason I do this stuff. Yeah. Because, like, I'm, I'm doing it for them. I'm not just doing it for me. I mean, if you guys tell me, like, you don't listen to this anymore, I'll stop. <laughs> I'm not doing this to get famous. I'm just doing it because I like it. Yeah, exactly. Whereas when you first told me that you were starting this podcast, I was thrilled because I was I I know that we had talked for a long time for my for my project, and it was like knowing that that conversation isn't going to die mm-hmm. just because I went off to college. No, knowing that that conversation is still alive in other people that are surrounding us here. Mm-hmm. It's and it's not just like and it's not just the two of us talking about other movies. You have other people on here as well, mm-hmm. as, and like you hear other people talk about movies that. Um, that I could also talk about. Like, I was scrolling through the list again, and I was just like, someone stole Ferris Bueller from me. Mike, come on, man. Mike. Mike. But it's like, that's okay, because <laughs> you see that Ferris Bueller is m- my favorite movie of all mm-hmm. time. Uh, Big Hero 6 is very close, though. Yeah. Those two movies are fighting for the top spot. Mm-hmm. But to see that somebody else also shares a passion for Ferris Bueller is like, hey, that's awesome. Somebody else really likes this movie. And yeah. then, like... Was it James that talked about Begin Again? James talked about Begin Again. I've never seen it. Yeah, I'm interested I never in seeing saw it either. It. Yeah. I'm interested in seeing it now because it's something that clearly he has some passion for. Mm-hmm. And I think, another to your point, out of all my guests, James is the only one who's, like me, pursuing a career in film and video. Yeah. Yeah. I, or Varys is going I, for animation, I, 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 though, right? Varys is doing animation. I, I, I Sorry, I'll correct myself. I believe Flynn is... Film, Flynn is doing film and video as well. But, like, you have Nick and Mike, who are on the select board. Mm-hmm. You have Joy, who works in journalism. Um, An engineering major yeah. over here. You have, yeah, I have from? a biomedical Where'd engineering major over here. And I've been on here three times already. I, my friend Stephanie works at, you know, Boston Children's Hospital. I mean, you don't have to be in movies to talk about movies. Exactly. And I think that's the power of just movies and books and you know, just art and entertainment, like, it is subjective. It allows you to connect with something. It's um, it's a way to get, you know, these feelings out. 
That's why movies matter. That's why movies matter. Um, Not just a movie that matters. Not just movies that matter. All movies matter. (laughs) Unless you're the Polar Express. Oh, my God. (laughs) I think we're going to find a way to dig at the Polar Express every time I I get on here. I didn't think we'd get it there. Every time I'm on here, we're going to dig at the Polar Express. I need to. We've talked a lot about La La Land tonight. We have. You know what we didn't talk about? What didn't we talk about? We didn't talk about the Oscars. Oh, my God. And we just... (laughs) (laughs) Which is good. Wow. Because I always felt like this movie's going to be known for many years as the film that almost won Best Picture. Yep. And, uh... Yep. Yeah. I saw the Moonlight uh, Oscar while I was at the museum. Nice. And I had to laugh to myself. Did you check it just to make sure? We sure it's... We sure that's the one that won? <laughs> well, actually, I think they etched them yeah, afterwards. That's true. Yeah. Because I, uh, I remember a video of, like, Leo getting his sketch. Yep. He's like, have you done this before? And he's like, me, not me. <laughs> First time? <laughs> First. <laughs> oh. I, I remember it clear as day. I was like, all right, Law Land won, as predicted. Let's go home. And, like, I'm about to shut the TV off, and then was like, wait, hold on, what's going on? <laughs> some drama, I see? Yeah. It was, like, some controversy. And then little did we know that that would be the norm for the Oscars going forward. Oh, boy. Oh, the Oscars. Yeah. Oh, boy. Must have felt like a real slap in the face to the La La Land filmmakers. Oh, my God. They were probably like, oh, yay, I, Moonlight. Yeah. I joke went right under the radar. You didn't get it, did you? I totally missed it, apparently. It must have felt like a real slap in the face. <laughs> God damn it. She got it. Ugh. She got it. I wasn't... I was thinking about particularly that award... That particular... <laughs> I was just an episode of the Oscars. <laughs> that particular ceremony. On tonight's new episode of the Oscars. <laughs> Next time on Dragon Ball Oscars. <laughs> That's what you uh, missed on the Oscars. Oh. <laughs> uh. I remember I used to, well, I, I say used to. This is the one time I did it. Uh, AMC does, like, the best picture marathons. Mm-hmm. And so I did the I did a two-day one that year. And I remember, I, I think it was La La Land ended the first day and Moonlight started the, f- the second day. Mm. And I was just like, hmm. These are two very different films. What? <laughs> What do we have here? <laughs> and it's always interesting to see, like, what films get nominated. I know. Since we're talking about Moonlight, I can't help but bring up what I saw in Delta Airlines that I sent to you. Go ahead. <laughs> I have to. Where it's... Okay, so movies... You know it was it was alphabetical, right? <laughs> oh, no, I know exactly why. It's alphabetical. Okay. So you're scrolling through. You see Moonlight. Mm-hmm. You know, best picture... A very gorgeous movie, a lot of a lot of deep themes, and right next to it, and I can't believe I'm gonna like nearly end the podcast by talking about this. Right next to Moonlight is Morbius. <laughs> now that's a juxtaposition. Now that's a juxtaposition. <laughs> oh my god! And it, for me, it's the uh, the it. similar poster art. Oh my god! I because, lost like, it. Moonlight's got like the three. Because the moonlight's about him at three different points in his life, so it's like yep. the posters cut in thirds, mm-hmm. the three 
actors playing him at different points in his life. And then, you know, you got Morbius with, like... <laughs> half man, half, half vampire. Man, half vampire. Oh, my God. Uh, wow. Moonlight is a very good movie, though. Yes. Yeah. Um, I can't say the same about Morbius. Mm, I did Because not. I haven't seen it and because I know it's not true. It's Mormon time on Netflix. I don't want to end on that note. No, we can't. I can't do that. So, so final... Um, let's see, yeah. Do, do we consider La La Land a modern classic? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah, actually, yeah. We'll do, we'll do this to, to We'll go back tie to the sheet. Well, yeah, we'll go back to the sheet. We'll tie it off. I want to talk about the fact that it is a modern classic purely because that ties back to why this podcast started in the first place. My senior project on classics overall Mm -hmm. what makes a movie a classic Mm -hmm. your connection to it clearly as we have such a connection to this movie Mm -hmm. with its themes of passion with the way it uses color with how it's visually interesting just everything about it no matter just from start to finish everything about it is so it's they talk about storytelling a lot in the movie where it's she goes into her audition you're a storyteller tell me a story where it's (gasps) and they did yeah. They told they told a story. Mm-hmm. They told a story throughout the entire thing. They tell a story in that one moment. Every moment in this movie tells a story. Yep. And it's so every moment of this movie is a story that you can connect to. So everything about this movie ties back to becoming a classic in its own right. Mm-hmm. Even like take away the Oscar su- success. Take away its monetary success. You watch this movie, you feel connected to it purely because of how well it tells the story from the perspective of two very different people with two very different points of view at very different points in their life with two very different passions. Mm-hmm. They tie together, and you root for both of them. You want to see both of them succeed. You want to see their passions grow, and that's what happens. Mm-hmm. You see how their passions grow. You kind of reflect on your own passions in a way where you want to, at this point, you are motivated for your own passions to grow. Mm-hmm. And what more could you ask for in a movie than just feeling passionate at the end of it? Yeah. Yeah, it does motivate your passions. Um, at this time, I would like to announce that I... No. <laughs> no. I'm starting a new B-Cat project. No, I'm going west. <laughs> I'm gonna no, that's my job. The, oh, well, they got all their flights. <laughs> Hey, I'm going to a different airport than LAX, so... Oh, are you? I'm going to SFO. Okay. Well, maybe I'll take a bus. <laughs> um, yeah, it just... It makes you care about other people's passions, and it makes you care about your own passions. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, that's... We, we came full circle when you brought it back to modern classics and making it connections and stuff. Exactly. To this conversation that started... Almost two years ago. Yep. Wow. What a beautiful moment. And we had to talk about Morbius. Of course. Hey, we gotta dig at uh we gotta dig at Morbius. We gotta dig at the Polar Express. We're gonna start a side podcast, movies that don't matter. You dug it book smart too. Oh yeah, dug You dug it into the woods. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm just I'm checking every box tonight. I know. Should I tank on some movies? Go for it. Okay. Just, just hit him with one uh, while we're I'll here. I'll just throw it out there. I didn't like Lady Bird. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Didn't like it. Okay. Yeah. I, don't I know. liked it, but I didn't feel any like real connection to it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just because, you know, 
uh, maybe I'm not the target demographic. That's true. But uh, I am the target demographic, and I didn't feel too much of a connection to it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I didn't think it I didn't bad. feel it. Yeah. Uh, is there any other films I can knock on right now? Though, Ladybird, if I remember correctly, does mention UC Davis in it. They name drop Davis in it. Oh, nice. Because I believe it takes place in Sacramento, and so they were like, they like dig at Davis during it. I watched this before I even considered going there, so I don't remember. <laughs> uh, I, I can't dig. I can't think of another film to dig to, to take a dig at right now. But I can do nothing but praise La La Land. Yes, beautiful movie, visually, thematically, all around. It's pretty. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty piece of art. Yes. Uh, I, I can't remember what he says when he's like passionate about it, but he's like, it's very, very exciting. Yep. Yeah. I, don't, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's different. It's conflict. It's, yeah. Whatever whatever he said. Yeah. I can't quote movies tonight. I, I, I know what you're talking about, but I can't do it either. Yeah. So. Okay. I mean, we did go through uh, the important parts of her audition song, so. Yeah. We, yeah, we, we really nailed we those nailed lyrics. We nailed that one. We got that one. Clearly yeah. that one hit home. Oh, wow. I think we've covered it all I think tonight. we I think we yeah. can call it a day. This is great, and, you know, I, I kind of want to just give you the podcast because you kind of just ran this. <laughs> I No, no, save it for, we got to save it for December. Mm-hmm. Special episode. Christmas specials don't matter. <laughs> Christmas specials that don't matter. That don't matter. <laughs> and it just ends up to be an hour and a half about the Polar Express. Hey, if I had known that I could do hour and a half, I probably would have talked for bigger six even longer, so. <sighs> well, it's the anniversary episode. Exactly. So. We can go a little longer. Anniversary episodes and uh, Christmas specials get Perfect. extra runtime. Perfect. As, that's what we like to hear. You just get extra runtime. Yes. You started. You started this thing. Yeah. Excellent. So thank you very much, Liz. Thank for you coming for back. having me again. Yeah. Very glad that I keep getting invited back. You're so. you're always going to get invited back. Yeah. So we have s- definitely more planned. Um, mm-hmm. We, as we mentioned, we'll probably do an Amazing Spider-Man one. We got to yeah. defend Andrew Garfield's honor here. Another Emma Stone movie for you. Um, kind of want to get you on the podcast to talk about Into the Woods. Oh my god! But it doesn't matter to you. So. Hey, if we got a uh, movies that don't matter episode, I absolutely could go off about that movie. For that a could be an probably. April Fool's episode. That would be amazing. If I were home in April, absolutely. We could zoom in. This is this is Bluetooth on it. Perfect, exactly. Just call me and I'll just be like, all right, here we go. Just get, get some rage out for a little bit. Perfect. But yeah, it's spring break and we're going into the woods. <laughs> but yeah, the I will be back definitely. Good. Um, absolutely. I've got plenty planned. There's many movies that I could talk about for. Uh, probably not nearly as much of a half an, an hour and a half, but there's definitely movies I could talk about for a long time. So oh. I'm glad to have the space that I can do that for. Yeah, so. yeah. This is a place to do it. And you're always welcome. Excellent. I will be back, uh, folks. <laughs> it's uh, the Marvel. Uh, Liz will return. Yeah, screen. Liz Gillespie will return. Yes. Yeah, that's for the lip dubs, and and <laughs> this too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm saying it out loud so that you don't have to put the screen up. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it's past my bedtime. Oh my god. It's t- Folks, uh, I hope you've enjoyed this very special anniversary episode of Movies That Matter. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with me about the show, or maybe you got some movie recommendations, uh, you can email me at moviesthatmatterpod at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at moviesthatmatterpod and on Twitter at moviesthatmatter, but minus the second T in that. So you got to say it like a, like a 
Wow, I cannot talk Movies tonight. Movies that made her? No. No. It's mo- No. What did I say? Without the second T? Without the second T in that. Oh, in that. Yeah. Movies that matter. I yeah. just... <laughs> yeah, you say it like you were Tommy Wiseau. Movies that matter. <laughs> the room that Not is. movies that made her. Movies that made her. I wouldn't... That's, uh, that's cartoons, made her's tall tales. <laughs> streaming now on Disney+. Plus. Excellent. Uh, I think it's time for us to go to bed. I think we're both tired. <laughs> Folks, um, thank you for listening to Movies That Matter. Uh, as I always say, watch what you love. Entertainment is subjective, and that's not a bad thing, as I hope you've learned tonight. Uh, stick to your passions, and here's to the fools who dream. Good night. <laughs>